teaching you a little bit of Hebrew to sing, did you? <laughs> Are the words of the 133rd Psalm probably in the words very similar to how Jesus prayed them. Behold how beautiful it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. Many years ago, I was sitting with my grandparents in the West Midlands of England on a beautiful Sunday afternoon enjoying English tea. And I remember very clearly my grandfather, who I thought was the wisest person I knew when I was growing up, saying, I have a theory. My ears got really big. I have a theory, he said, about the feeding of the 5,000. I think, he said, many of those people brought a little bit of food with them into the wilderness because they were smart. And when Jesus broke the bread and the fish that the disciples had brought, it encouraged everyone to share what they had brought with them into that deserted place. I didn't have the heart to tell Pappy this at the time. I respected him way too much, but I was terribly disappointed. Terribly disappointed. It's like he had just deflowered the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. He had taken all of the magic out of it for me and had provoked in me almost a mini-crisis of faith. Of course, I would learn many years later that Happy was not unique in that theory. All you have to do is open up Bible commentaries and you see that theory is everywhere. But looking back on it, I realized as a young person that magical thinking about miracles only got me so far in a faith journey. Gail, a member of a neighboring congregation here in southern Marin, tells the story of volunteering for the REST program, which is the rotating emergency shelter for the homeless, which right now only engages each winter and goes from congregation to congregation to host people who are in need when the months get damp and cold here. Gail talks about the joy she found by going and volunteering in the shelter and how she got to know one woman who came regularly, who has, I believe, now started to move out of homelessness but as she got to know this lady well, something she said to Gail really struck home. And that was not that the most fulfilling thing for 
this homeless woman was to be fed and sheltered, although that was very important. She said the most fulfilling thing for her was to be in community, to be recognized, to be seen, to be named. Jesus, in today's reading from Matthew, which could be read from any of the other Gospels, this is one of those few stories that is found in all four, almost exactly the same. Jesus, I suppose, could have done what his disciples advised. I don't think his disciples were just being lazy or faithless. The story opens with Jesus going to a deserted place by himself to get away from the crowds. You can imagine his disciples were being just a little bit protective of his need for some downtime, some quiet time perhaps, when they suggested he send the people away, disperse the crowd. Jesus, I suppose, could have done that. It would make sense to us, right? that Jesus not break the iron rule, which is don't do for other people what they can do for themselves. They can go into the villages and forage or buy food. Or maybe Jesus could have been a good capitalist. It wouldn't have been outside the bounds of the gospel for him to produce coins for them. He does that in another gospel story where he has to pay the tax. He has Peter go and fetch a fish, and he pulls a coin out of the fish's mouth. But that's not the point, is it? The value of the feeding of the 5,000 and more, as we hear so clearly today, is found in the community that they establish together, there, in the grass in the middle of nowhere. These are people who have experienced exile in one form or another, whether it is the oppression of the current economic regime that they are under, whether it is the sense of loss and isolation because of illness, whether it is simply the grinding, grinding day-to-day -day routine that they struggle with and suffer from. They know exile, just like the people Isaiah is addressing in his prophecy in today's reading. Jesus, by calling them together and making them sit down and then having them share food, is not just filling their bellies. He is showing them the kingdom that he is so deeply passionate about in their midst. This new community, this coming together. It is Jesus' doctrine, if you will, medicine for a world in need. And just as much in need in our world as it was in theirs. We live in a society that often fragments and isolates and exiles rather than draws people together. We live in a world right now that is struggling with what it means to have refugees at the border 
and people firing rockets at each other in the Middle East and innocents suffering. Jesus' vision is like that right out of Psalm 133, where brothers and sisters should dwell together in unity. In unity. And so he shows this to those people hungry for a shepherd, searching in the wilderness for healing and hope. Just as we are drawn together, Sunday by Sunday, around this table, from all our different pathways and walks of life, we are drawn together in community so that Jesus' dream for us might be glimpsed again. Because it is not just loaves and fishes that Jesus gives. Rather, he gives us to each other to be together, to be the new world that God wants, a new people, birthed out of exile, rising up in a communion of love, promised forever. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorNV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-N-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.